And this Go. ball in the air, deep right center Go. field. Two-run home run, Trevor Story. Way back, Myers, he'll watch it go Chuck Nasty. Two-run home run, David Dahl. And Nolan drives this high in the air, deep left field. Take a good look, you won't see it for long. I don't want to lose your love tonight. Welcome in DNDR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Remember to use the promo code DNVR20 because when you do that, you save 20% off your entire order of that CBD infused, deliciously rich, and potentially life altering Strava Craft Coffee. I, of course, am your host, Drew Creaseman. I'm the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. With me, as always, is beat writer Patrick Lyons. And uh, what's going on? Anything? Pretty quiet weekend. Yeah. Um, caught up on some rest. Um, a little reading in. Yep. Yeah, uh, real stress. Reading. And a little R&R. Yeah. And that's Let us know it. in the comments. Nothing really going on, so I assume nobody has any questions to ask. On the off chance, I'm wrong about that. Remember, we are live here on Facebook and Periscope Monday through Friday. You're going to start seeing us a lot more on YouTube, so you've got to get subscribed to that. Hit like buttons, do all the things on YouTube. But, yeah, let us know. We are living now... I guess kind of in the aftermath. This is an interesting time right now, Patrick. The the trade happened on Friday or did it because it's not official yet. And we just uh what are we're we not doing in here? heaven. We're not in hell. <laughs> we know we're we know we might be headed to hell. Right. We know sure as heck this ain't heaven. So right. we must be in purgatory. We are currently sitting in purgatory as we wait for the decision to come down and then then we'll all go to hell together. But I think it's it's just purgatory. We're just waiting for the inevitable. Yeah, that's exactly right. Wait, waiting for that inevitable. But there are a few things that we didn't talk about in our, our two hours on Friday that I wanted to make sure that we could get into. I see the question coming in from Andy. Are the prospects worth any? You know what? That's even one other question that, believe it or not, we're going to be diving into this for a little while. Look, folks, nothing's gone on this offseason. This is a big thing. There's a lot of different angles. Patrick, this is one thing that any other trade, I would have had these guys' baseball reference pages memorized by now. And I still couldn't tell you. I, I still, you know, we'll get there. I'm sure there will be a day sometime in the future when I'll sit down in this chair on this show in front of you all and say, you know, you take a look at Luke and Baker's walk rate or strikeout rate or how he's spraying the ball around, and you might actually have something here. Like, we'll have that conversation when we're ready for it, right? Yeah, and we we don't know. Four or five prospects. Let's also I, make sure we got the names right, too. But we got to get the names right. And if it is, you know, a top 10, if somehow a player sneaks in there, again, it's not going to make it much better. But it, it does allow you to dream on something because right now the, the names that are being floated or even the lack of names being floated really just say, you know what, there is an empty space at third base right now or an empty space in the middle of the lineup of a superstar yeah. and who the heck is going to replace them? Because they were still looking for the next guy to replace David Dahl at, at some <laughs> right. point. 
right. who's the next all-star, who's the fourth guy. Now they're down to two. And one of them's a free agent after this year. And another one's a free agent in two years. And I know sure as heck, I am not going to stop wearing my Nolan being Nolan shirt until this thing is official. So every day get used to this t-shirt. Those of you that are with us live. And Love so the it. fact that we don't have anything to dream about, and at least just to have those silver linings, there's just a black void right now on Blake street. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Juan Miguel, I do think some people are ready to, to start having this conversation a little bit. So I'm glad you asked it. And, and very broadly here, where do the Rockies go from here? And we started this a little bit on Friday night, uh, Patrick, but I, I think the only way to go it, at the very least, unless you get that extension immediately from Trevor's story is you, you've got to trade him as well. I really don't think you can play this thing out with him for one year and let him walk at the end of the year for nothing. If you're going to get some, now we can get into the pitchers in a little bit because I, you know, people would say, and Gray and Marquez, I'm going to put them in a slightly different category and we'll talk about why in a minute. But for Trevor's story, you know, if you don't have the money to pay Nolan, then you don't have the money to pay Trevor next either, unless you really think you can with these savings and he's going to do it after what just happened. And I don't think there's any way. And so, you know, I, I think not only is, is there that whole, like you said there, I think there's probably about to be another one, whether it's through a, a trade, which would be the smart way to have it happen or at the end of the season. And he just walks. It's crazy to think that this situation that is already so devastating and Rockies fans told us all day today. What's, what's that one word to describe yeah. how they feel or how this fan base feels because the Cardinals fan base rejuvenated. That's the word. And for the Rockies fans, it's not good. And, and it's hard to keep it to, to anything other than a four letter word that could get you kicked off of Twitter. But the next logical step, I think in a lot of ways would be a trade of Trevor story and it would be one happening soon for a few reasons. You know, one is that teams are going to pay more now for Trevor Story than they will at the trade deadline. And you go, well, but maybe one team really gets excited and they're willing to overpay. If if they get excited, they're probably going to give you what you would get right now because it's a full season. Right. And that team that were to acquire Trevor Story now, if Story decides, you know, I do want to test free agency and sure I, I like where I play right now. I'm not going to re I'm not going to resign just yet. I'm, I'm going to play, play the field here in the free agent market. Well, that team can still put a qualifying offer on Trevor story and potentially get something. We also don't know what the new CBA will look like. Will qualifying offers even exist now a, a team acquiring Trevor story before the season they don't have that answer. They're taking that risk. But the Rockies are definitively taking that risk because there is no way of knowing what would happen. If Story gets traded during the season, that acquiring team cannot put a qualifying offer on Trevor Story. That, that's that's part of how that works. So right, right, right. they're just getting so. Story, and then that's that. So a team is more likely to take a risk on acquiring him before the season starts. What makes it maybe even more complicated, and I, I think in a way this could – skirt things more to the favor of story maybe being willing to listen to offers by the Rockies is we know how good that shortstop class is going to be next off season. And I, I wrote about it and it was Francisco Lindor, 
He'll probably resign with the Mets. But you still have Carlos Correa, Javi Baez, Corey Seager, stories in that class. But all of those guys so far that we've seen from this year's class, Marcus Simeon signed a one-year $18 million deal with Toronto. Angelton Simmons, one year, I think maybe it was $8 million to the Minnesota Twins. Ten, but yeah. Ten, thank you. And uh, and, and I'm mean, leaving. And oh, Didi Gregorius, he actually signed a two-year deal. Whole David Dahl difference. Goodness gracious. Didi Gregorius is, is not yeah. in that market. But you've right. got two of those guys returning. And so, you know, that could make it hard. But the one thing that we've seen is the big ticket players are the guys that have been getting paid, and you could get that. And and right now, Elvis Andrews era is coming down <laughs> to an end for the Texas Rangers. Yeah. And a, uh, a little reunion mm-hmm. of sorts could yeah. take place between That's... the boy from Irving, Texas, Trevor Story, and the Texas Rangers next offseason. It's complicated. Reunion it's the Rockies. as well. There you go. Let them get. I mean, it's – look, yeah. And it, it is – it's absolutely frustrating that that that's the spot that they've put themselves in. And, you know, we were having this conversation before we came on. I was thinking about maybe putting it off, but who knows? The deal could be official by by then. So with, with Michaela asking, you know, why? And, and we don't want to give anybody any false hope here whatsoever. This is, this is not about exploring uh, a potential reality. But she was literally saying, like, wasn't there that time in the NBA where a, deer, a deal was so lopsided that the commissioner actually stepped in and said, no, 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 no. And then many of you will recall the, the Chris Paul situation. And, you know, like, why isn't that happening here? You got people like Tom Verducci writing like, this is one of the worst deals in the history of Major League Baseball. Nobody understands what's going on here. And you drew some interesting parallels, which I think are actually more relevant than whether or not that could or will happen because it won't uh, that, that never happens uh we we will be beyond shocked we'll be more shocked if if that happens than we were that this trade took place in the first place um however your point I, i'd like you to elaborate on this about where the owners were at the time uh, of the hornets and and how it parallels to what appears is going on with the colorado rockies here and while it's not going to happen, those parallels are striking. Yeah, in our pre-production meeting, we talked about, you know, what are the odds of this happening? Ah, it seems like it's almost impossible. And yet it's never happened in MLB. It's never happened in the NFL, even though maybe they should have stood in the way of the Minnesota Vikings giving up 75 first-round draft picks yeah. <laughs> for uh, Herschel Walker. Maybe. Right. Hasn't happened in the NHL. But it has happened once in the NBA. And I, I'd kind of forgotten the details until I went and looked. Drew pointed it out that Chris Paul was traded to Los Angeles, the Lakers. And at the time, Commissioner David Stern stepped in and said, you know, this, this isn't a good deal. And days later, the, uh, the Hornets were still able to trade him to the Clippers. Lob City was born. Uh, but at the end of that season, the New Orleans Hornets owner, later New Orleans Pelicans, was sold. Um, and, and, and purchased by the late Tom Benson. I think his wife, Gail Benson, is, is now the owner. So what we have there is an owner who, from what the details that we've seen, was making a, a financially motivated move to get rid of his star player in Chris Paul in order to save some money. And even though it did, did play out for him in that way, he sold the team that next offseason. While we don't think 
Dick Monfort is looking to sell. What we do have is a correlation between this veto trade in the NBA and one that we're still waiting to hear on with Nolan Arenado, that Dick Monfort is motivated to move the contract of $199 million remaining on Nolan's deal, so much so that he's willing to pay $50 million, not get back any top 10 prospects or any major league um, talent. Austin Gomber you know, is, and, and there's, there's a lot of positives there for him, but ultimately a deal that people are just straight up saying, like Jim, Jim Bowden, who two-time general manager himself, he's won a World Series with the Cincinnati Reds, that this could be the worst trade in the history of baseball and so you know the article that i that i it's a long published, history it's a long history of baseball <laughs> this game's been around, it's been around a few years that does that include the babe ruth deal well it wasn't That's a trade it. so much <laughs> right and i don't know we're going back to 1918 we could we could be going that deep and you know the the article that i i published late on on sunday go out and read it it's still fresh i basically uh, drew a correlation between the giancarlo stanton deal when he went to the Yankees and, and what Arenado is doing going to St. Louis. And ultimately the difference in money is about a hundred million dollars. So the Yankees took on an additional hundred million dollars and they got a four time all-star in Starlin Castro. They got Jorge Guzman, or rather I should say the Marlins got those guys. Yeah. They got Jorge Guzman who immediately became the number two prospect of the Marlins. Jose Devers, who's yet to make his debut, but is now, a top 10 basically right on the outside for yeah. the Marlins. And that was something that, again, was ugly at the time, no doubt about it. But now you look back and go, hey, you know what? That, that, that turns out it could be pretty good. And that still could be the case for the Arenado deal. It's crazy to say that, hey, maybe right. this there's a way that this works out. And I think that could be the case. We're a long way from getting there. But if the commissioner says, wow, you know what? There, I don't think this deal is – on the same level as the Stanton deal. I think this this goes beyond that. We we might need to put the kibosh on it. We're going to have to wait and see. We were told that maybe today was going to be the day that it gets done, and we haven't gotten the word just yet at 4.20, coincidentally enough, <laughs> on Monday afternoon. Well, that means it's time for me to drink this Breck Brew, this strawberry sky I got right here. Got it down at the King Supers and get at liquor stores and get down to DNVR bar. You know it's damn good beer. But uh, I got to drink it now. You're absolutely right, Patrick. Uh, all that's st- it just uh, it, it's kind of amazing that this hasn't become official yet. And I think, like you said earlier today, like the longer it goes without being official, the the weirder that is because there are a lot of details going on uh, going around about this deal right now, and so. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, and my mother is absolutely correct. Her friends in St. Louis and San Francisco, big fans of this deal. Of course, San Francisco happy to not see him so many times a year, and I think the St. Louis thing is pretty self-explanatory at this point. Um, I, I wanted to do something just dripping with irony next. I just <clears throat> really want to give you something, and hopefully not overly self-indulgent, but... Uh, I got a really nice message today in our Discord. Again, if you're subscribed to the DNVR.com, you get all that written content. The, Patrick and I have written uh, between the two of us, I think, three articles in the last, you know, since the trade has happened. We'll have more coming your way. Uh, but you also get to come and hang out with us in the Discord chat and talk about things. And I got this really nice message from our guy, Matt, who uh, we, we have so many disagreements and we haven't often seen eye to eye. Uh, 
but him, you know, basically saying, I, I get where you're coming from and that you've never really been defending the team, just looking at things from their perspective. And I understand by watching on Friday night why you wouldn't want to do that anymore. And, and I'm really glad somebody was able to put how I felt into words better than I was. It's not like that's my job or anything. Uh, but I, I really appreciated that sentiment from Matt. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, ultimately this show is about talking about the Rockies and talking about baseball, but it's also got to be a little bit autobiographical, right? We're, we're talking about our, our lives here and, and who we are and sharing that stuff with you. So um, I, I did want to go through this Les Shapiro tweet index and give you, like I said, this is dripping with irony, an example of what I'm going to try to do less of in the future. But this is, I think, the perfect thing because right, I'm so used to pointing out all the tiny little logical issues or ads ah, not quite right to show how these guys have lost the benefit of the doubt. And Patrick, you can give your, uh, your reactions to each one of these things because this was a spicy, spicy set of tweets from Les Shapiro. I don't know if you saw this particular one. I did, yeah. And, and again, we, we're... A lot of people are, have have been saying, and again, Ryan Spielberg's is is one of those guys. And I mean, we've said it that I think in a lot of ways this could be better for the team going forward. And I I said at the end of this the last off season or not the last the end of the last season twenty twenty that I did not I was not convinced that this team you know really had a window of contention and that maybe tanking was their best bet. Now, obviously, what that means is a lot of pain. That means it means getting rid of Arenado and story and all of those guys. And I think you would understand where that comes from. And that's part of our job is to understand, well, why did the team do this at the same time? We can say, well, we think it's foolish that they do this. And also here's what the fans think. And you have to kind of side with the fans as well. And so Dirk, it's like kind of this, you know, it's like Rashomon where there's three different angles and, you know, maybe there is no real truth. But we we do want to hit it from from all of those angles right now, even though it's it's so hard to hear that. Hey, maybe this is good because it it isn't good right now, but maybe someday it will be good. Right. So we're not gonna we're not gonna try to maybe patronize or, again, as you said, give the Rockies the benefit of the doubt and say, hey, maybe this is the right move. We won't know if it's the right move. We got a long way to and, go. A long yeah, way to go. That has to prove it's the wrong move out. right now. It's, it's clearly right. the wrong move right it's now. It's right. Exactly right. Uh, so Les begins, nobody should be surprised that Nolan is gone. This has been a pattern with the Rockies or players. Matt Holliday and Garrett Atkins warned Todd Helton that you won't win here. Helton warned Tulo, Tulo warned Arenado. Okay, where's the first DC co- correction coming from, right? Not important, really. What Les is talking about here is something I've known about for a long time. There is a conversation that goes on amongst star players here about the difficulties of playing here. But this is, again, like I said, dripping with irony. I'm going to try to do this less and less, but it's so great because the corrections here are just largely unsubstantial. Like, it doesn't matter, but uh, Matt Holliday and Garrett Atkins did not warn Todd Helton. He'd been there for six years before either of those guys got there. That doesn't make any sense, right? Maybe Larry Walker warned Todd Helton, maybe Ellis Burks. I don't know, but it wasn't Garrett Atkins and Matt Holliday who were very much toddlers, not, so that doesn't make any sense at all, right? But his point remains um, that, that there are these conversations that go on. But he also goes on to explain, 
Your best players are often your most competitive, eventually the Rockies, and they want to leave the organization. Why? A couple of big reasons. One, and a lot of people wanted to dismiss this, and I think it's great when you pick and choose when someone's giving you the cold, hard truth of all this information they have, and they go, I don't want to believe the one little part that's maybe convenient for the Rockies, or maybe, like, I don't want to believe this part, but it's just true. The altitude. It's hard on, uh, where does it go? It's well documented. The thin air and the size of the ballpark negatively affect the players mentally and physically. Pitchers and position players home and away. That's just a fact. Yeah. And the ball players know, and it's like every, the fans can come out and say, and this is, again, this is the kind of thing I'm going to try to do less of, but I'm using it as an example so you know what I'm going to try to do less of in the future. But this is one of those things that fans love to come out and say, I just don't believe in that. And it's like Charlie Blackman and Trevor Story and Nolan Arenado don't care whether or not you believe that their very lived experience of having the altitude wreck their bodies is real because it just is. So that sucks. And it's something this franchise has to deal with. And there are better answers. We've been talking about all offseason about things they could do. Make the outfield smaller. Rearrange that the, there are things you can do. It's not a, oh, well, the altitude's just an excuse. There are, there are ways to address it. And and ultimately, this this point is saying, hey, here's why Rockies players want to leave. But that's not true for Nolan Arenado. He just signed a, you know, a, a very long term eight year contract. So I mean, nothing changed between, nothing changed with the altitude and his body change from 2019 and 2020. So, yeah, we, well, we could, and let me throw you this pick at that. But how bad did Todd Helton want to leave? Really? Because he he uses Helton as an example of a guy's like. Maybe not the best example, a guy who turned down two high-profile trades, two better teams to stay with the Rockies. So I, his point is right that these conversations go on, but it's oversold that every star player who's ever played with the team wants out. That's not, that's not true. But again, I'm going to be doing less and less of covering for their asses on this stuff in the future because the ultimate point is correct. Two ownership he says of course dick monford insists he wants to win i'm sure he does says les shapiro but he doesn't know how to win that we knew he won't hire good baseball people to figure it out for him winning is a priority but patrick I almost felt like this particular tweet was for you and me specifically in the conversations we've been having for a while he says see winning is a priority but not his first priority making money is along with being comfortable and familiar with the people around him those two things are more important. And I don't know that they have been for every decision, but they certainly were for this one. So again, why would I even bother to make the counter argument at that point? Yeah, and, and that's one that I don't, I don't know if you can. It's, again, there's this razor thin margin of like, okay, maybe, but right, why would you want to do that? Why would you want to do that? If, you're, if you, you know, surround yourself with, with just an echo chamber, of people that you know are going to kind of be loyal soldiers and and again he's he's a loyal guy and it's yeah no he what he's what he's saying is is true in in so many ways and yeah you and i we've had these conversations and it's like saying look i'm so loyal to my wife and i i'm always going to be there well she knows friday nights it's me and the boys we go out next month. I got that big trip coming up where we're going to Vegas. And hey, when we do in Vegas is what we do in Vegas. But I'm committed 
to my wife, but you know, she needs to know that I'm the one that makes the money and that she can't, you know, she needs approval before she spends my money. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. You do not sound like this guy <laughs> yeah, that's right. there for like this is your terms. This is your terms mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. And I can only talk about myself and my marriage because I was talking about this recently with someone. My wife does everything I ask of her. But that is because I do everything my wife asks of me. It is 100% exclusive in that way where we both right. do that. But as soon as you're going, Katie oh, I, I would do anything. have the opposite thing where neither of us ever do anything the other one says. <laughs> but that's fine. That's consistent. <laughs> but it works. <laughs> but you're not trying to say, hey, no, I'm great for you and all this stuff. And then it's like, but there's this, that, and the other. And you're like, well, no, you can't be both of those things. Yeah. Right. Right. And it, 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 that's, that's such the perfect analogy for, for what's going on there. And uh, yeah, um, you know, and it's, and again, and, and this is the biggest, and this is probably the thing that actually, honestly, drives me crazy more than the fact that the Colorado Rockies traded Nolan Arenado. It is this thing of like, there's no point like in going back for me and saying like, yeah, you know, or, or like this next tweet where, he's, where he starts talking about the party deck in McGregor Square. Any other time, I'd be the first person going, that's, well, actually, tisk, tisk, tisk. No, no, no. Those are different departments. That's not the same thing. Those funds come from different places. Let me talk to you about property taxes and construction <laughs> money. And like, no one wants to hear that shit from me right now. Like, no, or, or anybody. Because it's, while it's not true that it's the party deck in McGregor Square, that he's valuing over winning baseball. It's, it's something else. It's the, the ideological equivalent of the party deck and McGregor square. It's however there it's their finances. It's Dick Monford's finances and the, and the, and the ownership group, however they choose to spend those things. And so while, yeah, I, again, I've been, I've been punching back against that party deck talking point for years. And it is disappointing to see a guy like Les who's making so many great points make these kind of obvious mistakes like Todd Helton wanted out like that doesn't make any sense. No, that's not right. Drew needs to correct the record. Uh, Party deck McGregor Square. Nope. Drew needs to correct the records like Drew doesn't need to correct the record on this anymore because no, the, the, the point is and, and, and in, in his next tweet to what you were just talking about, there's a trickle down effect. He won't hire the necessary people to win and win and won't spend the necessary money to win. You can scream about the salaries all you want. Drew Creaseman, he, he left me out of that part, but he said, they're 10th in payroll, you can say. All right, at me next time, buddy. But at a certain point, they'd never do what the Padres, Mets, Blue Jays, or White Sox are doing, and that's go for it. Again, a talking point I've hated for years that I just have to drop now because that's what you do when the people you're trying to see from the perspective of make one of the worst transactions in the hundred and 50-year history of your sport. It, you know, in 2018, it was over 10 years since the Rockies had been to the World Series. That's a long time. And you would have thought that, you know, Monfort would have jumped at the opportunity to say, yeah, maybe we do need to go all in because we're not going to necessarily get another shot at it. We, we don't know. And again, if you're wrong, you're wrong, but no one's going to fault you for trying. And in that 2018 offseason, they went and got, Sungwano, who was very good for them in 2018 at the trade deadline. He was he was very good for them, targeted him because of what his contract looked like, but that, that was a win. And then they went and they got Matt Holiday out of retirement, 
worked out okay. But again, you you got a guy out of retirement, and then they signed a, a backup catcher. They they traded for Drew Butera. Those are not big moves you make <laughs> yeah. when you say, "Hey, we have an opportunity to do something we don't, you know, rarely get get to do." And you have to jump at those opportunities because now look where we're at, and and when are they even going back to the playoffs? If if there's eight teams making the the postseason this year and, and maybe next. It, are they they're sneaking in at eight at best right now in the next two three years unless a lot of things go right change but even yeah. still but even still and you know what and and, and this is something I don't, I want to say because before I forget and we'll get back onto it it was just twelve months ago that this team was uh, supposed to win maybe if all everything goes right according to uh, the 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 last vestiges of the analytics department supposed to win ninety four games. And now, with the chance of eight postseason teams in the National League, you don't even wait to find out if there's going to be eight postseason teams. You blow it up because they're not even going to be, what, the top 10? Because if you're the 10th best team, you're in the hunt. If you're one of the top 10 teams, you are in the hunt to maybe sneak into the playoffs. And you say, look how good this young pitching is. We could make a deep run, potentially, if we can at least sneak in. But right now, 12 months after being a 94-win team, they're they're the 11th best team at best so we might as well trade the best player imagine it, I mean, when you framing it like that is very painful you yeah. go wow yeah, yeah. really what yeah. there's a 30 loss there's a 30 win difference between 2019 hey i think maybe if this goes right we're a 94 win team wow that's incredibly ambitious but okay you think your team could do that what do you think this team could have done before trading Nolan Arenado? Man, I don't, I don't want to give away the end of my piece today, but it's too perfect of a segue not to. And so I, I hope you all will subscribe and go and read it anyway because it's new. But I think it really encapsulates why – I'll use the word – why I'm kind of offended by this trade. Again, this isn't the normal – like. I'm not doing the the fan thing of like they traded my favorite baseball player or he's the best guy on the team. No, what they did, and, and you were just saying it, Patrick, but it's the final line of, of the piece I wrote today, is they did the one thing in sports you're never supposed to do. They gave up. Hmm. They quit. That's what they did. And that... Hmm... Oy, oy, oy. All right, let's, fight. Let's, Denver's let's, a fighter's town, you, too. That's the thing. You gotta fight, man. You gotta try. There's they fighters in this town, man. Even if you're you. brand new, even if you're, try. even if you just moved to Denver, if you're one of those, I don't know what the numbers. There's still twenty thousand people moving to Denver every week, Denver metro area. I don't know, but but that's 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 a fighter's attitude is to say, hey, I'm fine. You know, maybe being a big fish in a small pond, wherever wherever you lived previously. Anyone listening to this? But you came to Denver to fight to say, no, no, no I'm gonna go to, I want to go to the big city. And I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to make it work for me. Yeah. It's a fighter's town. And yeah, that's not a fighter's attitude. No. Well, hey, maybe you can fight to get a little extra wallet in your money this weekend. If you're getting into the DraftKings Sportsbook, now is the time to do it. The big game. I love that we have to call it that. The silly. Call what? 
Call call what what? Call, call who what? The big game. Oh, call the big game, the big game. Okay, got the it. big game, the big game. Yeah, I know you're an SNL guy too. I love the way they lean into that. If you've seen some of those commercials, my boys ready for the big game. <laughs> Is Totino's a sponsor yet? We need to get That's Totino's right. on. That's one of my favorite sketches. There's a great the last several years. Yeah, the the running uh, and the Kristen Stewart one's the best one. But hey, agreed. I don't think you can uh, lay down a, a DraftKings sportsbook bet on the next Totino's SNL commercial, but you can lay something down on the big game. It's the 55th one, 55, a game this big deserves a big prize, not just some trophy to finish off the football season. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook app is giving all players a no brainer of an offer to celebrate football's finale. Ooh, look at us. All kinds of words we're using to get around it. DraftKings Sportsbook is doubling your money if a touchdown is scored in the big game when was the last time they played the big one and no one scored a touchdown has that ever happened um it's got to be a no. three nothing one out i want to say one of the early super bowls it was was very low scoring yeah i don't know yeah i don't know now but, there's uh, there has to have been a touchdown in every single super bowl oh i would think so so yeah <clears throat> where we go so all it takes one touchdown to be scored sunday night and boom your money is doubled Sounds like a no-brainer to me, so go ahead and download that DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DNVR to get a shot at doubling your money if a touchdown is scored in Sunday's game. That's promo code DNVR to get a shot at doubling your money on Sunday night. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. As long as the Chiefs don't win, I'll be happy. That's all I asked for. Just a non-Chiefs win. Yeah. That's it. So anyone but the Chiefs. That's also a Tom That's Brady win. Anyone but the Chiefs. Yeah. Jets uh, beat the Colts. Major upset. Super Bowl three, 16-7. How you get 16 points, I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't think they had a two-point conversion back then. That was pretty low scoring. Yeah. Yeah. So as Will says, the super best of owls will be going on. Let me check on that. I lay down a little money. Superb. I know, again, if you subscribe, you can hop in with our bets, guys, and get there's all kinds of uh, uh, prop bets and, and, and all those things. Who scores first touchdown? It's a great game for, for all that kind of stuff. MVP. There's some fun, fun odds on all those things. Two years ago, uh, Patriots won 13-3. One touchdown. That's it. Oh, I was going to say. It'll happen. Was, it's a lock. It'll, yeah, it'll go. There we go. So, all right, back back in here now to the last couple of parts of this. There's a long, there's a long Les Shapiro thing. Is why I wanted to go through it a little bit. But there were a couple other points that he made, and I want to end with a disagreement. So I'll go to the biggest agreement that we had. That was a couple of tweets later, where he talks about this part. And again, I'm going to be disinclined to do this as much, but I'm glad he made the point because it has to be made. Is there current? Is the current GM have a lot of blame on his shoulders. Yes, there have been ever-changing philosophies, many bad draft trade signings. On the face of it, this trade looks like a complete fleecing of the Rockies. And the arrogance of this GM has helped run the stars out of town, but the finger of blame should point up to the top of the organization. Um, and then he also says, you know, don't hold your breath that the Rockies, that, that, that he's going to sell the team. And, you know, that's... 
we can all do the speculation there or whatever, but it is one of the things as I see things like fire brightage starting to trend and, and I understand all the anger. And, and again, I'm not going to fight back against it. I'm not going to be the well actually guy in this moment. Um, so I'll say in addition to all of, of the brightage anger at the very least recognize, and we, we did that whole podcast a while back, right? Where we talked about, uh, the, the theoretical new GM, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it's just like, that doesn't solve all your problems. That doesn't make this go away. This was a Dick Monfort thing. And so, you know, I, I would just say direct that accordingly. Yeah, it's, uh, man, it, it it's just, it's a wild time. I, I, I'm just kind of d- just dumbfounded still, like just going right. through all this. Like, I can't believe this is happening. And yet it doesn't matter who the general manager is. It doesn't matter if a team president is there, at least not at first. Um, it, it starts at the top. That, that's the one consistency. You know, you could say what you want about, you know, a, a certain group of players or a certain group of coaches, general manager, anything like that. The one consistency throughout the 28 years is the ownership. Yeah. Yeah. What's that? Chip Gibson. So the last thing I wanted to say, and maybe this is a little bit of classic Drew positive spin, if that's what you're looking for. Um, but is, the, is this point that has always bothered me? Like I said, all, a lot of this stuff has always bothered me. Dick Monfort cares more about money than he does about baseball. No, he doesn't. Well, shoot, maybe he does. Uh, <laughs> you know, a, a few of these other things, like I said, it's not about the party deck. Well, maybe in a theoretical kind of metaphysical it's all the party deck kind of way yeah it is um but this is the the one last thing that i i i can only ask of you moving forward and and looking backward on the franchise and that's where he talks about sort of in the middle here where like yeah the rockies will fluke their way into success but it's never by design that is the one part i will continue to push back on and if no other reason than because i have just the ultimate respect for the players and coaches and people who really drive the game of baseball in every organization. And it's tough out there, man. It is really hard to win 87 major league baseball games in a normal 162 game season, you know, and, and I I think collectively we do a, a terrible disservice to everyone in the game. When we talk about, fluke teams and, and, and luck stretches. And we talk about teams that are just wild cards instead of having won their division, like they're lesser than, especially considering how many, you know, wild cards have gone on to win the world series. And for me, yeah, the, the fluke stuff, like, and, and even moving forward, if the Rockies go on some run because Josh Fuentes and, Ryan McMahon and Brandon Rogers and Sam Hilliard and Garrett Hampson all hit at the same time. People will go, wow, what a fluke. Don't. That's all I ask. Continue to throw all the fire everywhere else, but, and and I doubt that's going to happen, but whatever success they have the next couple of years, and there won't be much, but those moments matter. Like though you have to work so hard just to get there. And so, you know, looking back and saying, I guess 2007 really was a fluke. You know, I, I'd rather say they won in spite of their owner than call it a fluke. Because you have to be really good to get to the World Series 
and, and we denigrate our whole sport when we do that. So again, I won't tell you what to say and what not to say. That's the one place where I, I retain my Drew Creaseman correction to say, don't call their successes a fluke. The rest of it, have at it. Cheers. Yeah, you know, there's a lot I agree with what you're saying and, and, and a lot I, I disagree. Obviously, you know, hey, if all of those guys hit this year and, and they do a, a good job and maybe they, they still could sneak into the back of the playoffs, it's not crazy, especially if we're talking eight teams. What's not a – using the word fluke, right, is denigrating those players and the coaching staff that help those guys get everything just right. And that is where it absolutely – is not fair, right? And it should be celebrated, especially in that moment. If the team's playing really well and is it exciting, you should be celebrating that. But I think when you you look at things on a on a grand scale and you say, hey, if you were to play this season out a hundred times, how often is is this team going to win? Maybe it doesn't happen like that. Like like it it it's a fluke in the sense that you know a lot of different organizations and teams do really well. The Marlins snuck into the playoffs and they beat the Cubs in, in the wild card round. They, they won two straight. They could easily go back and, and be awful the next four or five years as they figure things out under that new ownership. And I think people would say that was kind of a fluke. They, everything lined up. If you're, if you're a major league baseball team, you have a chance to win. You, you've told me that. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, you, you before, but you, right, right. yeah, you, you've highlighted that. And I think that's, that's that's a really important thing because man, if something were to happen and someone buys up the Rockies and takes them to Montreal, oh, I that's, I can't even imagine. Right? right. You go. Right. You go. Please give me no Nolan Arenado. Trade right. Trevor give Story me the away. Worst team in baseball for a mortgage times payment, out of a hundred than no team. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. So I think I think it's this idea that you know what, when not all the best decisions are made. You know, a broken clock is right twice a day. That's kind of how I see and how I've, I've seen, you know, the Rockies organization as a whole. But once in a while, a couple of things start to click and then it becomes easier. It's like getting to the top of the hill. Once you've gotten to the top of the hill, now to, to keep going, if you're thinking of a, a natural bell curve, now you're just riding the momentum down. And I think it's just that the Rockies haven't had that ability to get to the top of the hill and ride that momentum down. That's yep. that's just been their biggest struggle, and so it and it, it it all starts at the top. I mean, that's that's the consistency. But but yeah. if the team does it and the players do it, it it is it it's a shame. And and fluke is very painful because you know I've got mixed emotions about that 2017, looking at it from the analytical side versus the fan side. But you can't take that away from that club and those players and what they were able to do. That that's interesting because I actually think they have one of the best analytical arguments because on paper, in terms of just team OPS plus and ERA plus, they were probably the best and most balanced team in postseason history. They just had or in Rockies history, they had the um, they just had the weirdest sequencing I've ever seen in my life. Uh, so so you know, and yeah, a lot of it comes down to how are you defining the word fluke? Hey, look, now I'm back in, in the World Series is the philosophy, fluke piece. right? Right, and that's the thing. You go World Series might be a fluke. They get to the playoffs, but they didn't win the division. And you say, "Go ah, you could so, go one way or you could go the other way." And it would just be nice. It would just be nice if there were some people running the ship that you just go, "Hey, man, they get all of the credit, 
you can't say nothing about nothing. There's always that doubt, which is unfortunate. And I hate looking at that doubt. I hate looking at it from that angle that says, ah, it's not nice and neat. And, and, and it yeah, can but, be, it can so be nice. The, but and this neat. is one of the reasons why I've always fought so hard against the media narrative about this team. Right. And, and this is one of the things that I will also continue to do and why, yeah, I'm going to retweet the St. Louis writers, every single one of them who starts going, wow, you know, when you look at it this way, it turns out that, yeah, I know, I know. And guess what? It's not just for the guy that got traded to your team. It's for every one of them here. And it drives me nuts. And so I think the biggest reason why I don't like the fluke narrative is because it tends to match up. I think the Venn diagram is a circle of media who call something a fluke, who also predicted that it would never happen. And I think that's another big thing where it's like this, well, I didn't expect this to happen. I wasn't expecting the Rockies to be in the World Series in 2007. I actually was believe it or not. And that's the only time I've ever called that when they swept the Yankees in interleague. I think I've told this story before on the podcast, but in the middle, whenever interleague, remember when interleague used to happen just at one time in the middle of the summer, it was just like, <laughs> that was still the case then. The well, Yankees because they were, to yeah. Team. Yeah. It was very rare that the Yankees ever came to world series or to, I'm getting everything all mixed up here. Ever came to Coors have a series out here. They did. The team was really starting to click around the young group at the time. Matt Holliday had been playing out of his mind. Troy Tulewiski was establishing what he was. The pitching had been so good. The young guys had come up. And then they swept the Yankees at Coors Field. And I remember calling a buddy and going, this team's going to win the National League. Like this, this team is so much better than people realize. And so they have that double-edged sword of being really good and nobody being prepared for them. Uh, and so it was always interesting to me that, you know, all the people that were like, they don't belong, then got to write the story of, oh, well, they didn't belong there. It just happened to be a fluke. It can't be that I was wrong about some of the talent on this team. It must be that some, and, and by the way, the, the textbook, or at least the original, I should, I bet there are multiple textbook definitions anymore, but the original definition of fluke is like, literally like, like, <laughs> right, like outside force intervention. Right, like not necessarily divine intervention, but like the cosmos of the universe or extraordinary luck. It 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 really is. So maybe I'm overly interpreting that like people are saying, well, it wasn't Matt Holiday, Todd Helton, Troy Tulewitzki, Ubaldo Jimenez, and Franklin Morales. It was the hand of fate. And it's like, come on, man. I think I think at least the ball players had something to do with it. Richard talking about Dragon Slayer. Right. Those guys deserved yeah. the credit. And and I guess that's what it is for me. When you talk about fluke, you're taking away credit. You don't have to give credit to Monfort and O'Dowd and Breidich, though I do think O'Dowd gets credit for whatever. You don't have to anyway. But give credit to the players and the coaches and the trainers and the analytics team, if there still is one. <laughs> the analytics? The analytics it's guy. Not, <laughs> the yeah, analytics I was say, we can't put an S on the end of it. There's one analytic. <laughs> the the analytic, analytic person. Yeah, should call him that. I like the analytic. Actually, it almost sounds. It sounds like a terrible comic book superhero. The One analytic. Day, well, that's living alone. That superhero now. will not be be birthed in in Coors Field. That's for sure. The analytic. Nope. Probably not. You never know. Superheroes don't do come from the unlikeliest of places. But I get. I guess you know, like you said, the fluke. You you can't. It, it's it's a negative connotation. 
But I guess what I mean to say as far as fluke goes, and again, it, it depends on the angle. also depends on the source, too. Like you said, oh, just because you didn't think of it, well, if, if certain people have different pieces of evidence, that's pretty important. But what if this team were to go and make the playoffs and win in the first round? I mean, yeah, you would still have to say that that's a fluke rather than – because I think – Maybe maybe there 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 are two extremes. One is a fluke, like it just shouldn't have happened, and the See, other is just you were in control term, yeah. of the suit. Well, that, yeah. Exactly right. It's too they strong got lucky. because it's I'm, Like there's some luck going on there. I'm fine with, it. but fluke. And and again, maybe it's just me being like, I don't know. no, you're right. No, you're right. right. Like I, I like looking at things in extremes to figure out where I'm at on it. And so the one extreme is it's a fluke. Like it, it should have it should not have happened. It should not in have any happened. Capacity. Right. And the other right. one is. You were in complete control. I don't know what word to use, but you were in complete control. And right. again, if this the 2021 Rockies make into the playoffs, you would say it's much more closer than a fluke than Dick Monfort, Jeff Breidich were in complete control. And I think that's where once you get past a certain uh, a certain percentage point, you know, there's a gray area in the middle where hey, you got lucky. The middle point is just luck, right? Good luck, bad luck. Right. But at a certain point, you go, ooh, this is flukier. More times than not, maybe it shouldn't have happened. But the bottom line is when spectrum. the yeah. spectrum, yes. And totally. A uh, hundred losses. That's what we're <laughs> looking at. We're looking at a hundred losses. Not if there's only 154 games. Ha ha. <laughs> yeah, could. no, okay. I'm not I'm not gonna even make the joke that at 154 games that was hundred. No, I don't think so. The pitching's it's, too good. The pitching is yeah, too good. The, the, the pitching is too good, though. Again, it's like they do trade Story and Gray and Marquez. And, and maybe we can talk about that a little bit now. I do have to give a quick plug to our friends over at Chevalier Mortgage, the Knights of the Realm. Uh, I'm, I'm calling them that forever. I, I, I hope they appreciate it. Uh, Knights of the Realm at Chevalier Mortgage, protecting you, Mike, in Virginia. Uh, getting you through whether, you know, it's, <clears throat> I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm going through some of this stuff and I know how difficult it can be with trying to get the loan situation, trying to figure out what markets are, not really my strong suit. So having Mike and Virginia around to talk to, get a little bit of information, commiserate about your baseball team because they understand and they're with you too. And so you can do a little bit of explaining to them how you feel about Nolan Arenado. They can be right there with you. And then you can start, you know, jumping into the nitty gritty and they make it fun, man. I, I'm telling you, you, you may, you may not believe that, but they can actually make it fun. So head over to dnvrmortgage.com. You can enter there to win a free t-shirt or hat from DNVR of your choice. But most importantly, you get set up with that free consultation to discuss all of your options. Whether you're looking at refinancing your current mortgage, buying a new home, whatever it is, Mike and Virginia will make the process as simple and smooth as possible. So make sure that, again, you head over to dnvrmortgage.com today to sign up for that free shirt and or hat and the free consultation, or you can give a call. Well, I, I would say, and definitely do the, I mean, you want to enter to win the free shirt or hat, but then you call Virginia directly at 303-257-6578. Let me do that one more time. 303-257-6578. Mike is at 970-412-2472. Or again, you can go to dnvrmortgage.com. And that's Michael Chevalier, NMLS number 1931006. And Virginia Chevalier number NMLS uh, 1910631. If we're looking for a topic that Rockies fans might be split on today, 
where, hey, this is kind of nice. I feel good about it. Or don't remind me. It would be the retirement of Dustin Pedroia, who starred in hey, 2007 in the World Series right? when the Red Sox won. Right? So you got to either be reminded of the Rockies' loss again about 2007, or you go, thank God, this guy's done. He's over with. Maybe you point a finger and laugh like Nelson. I don't know, but that is an interesting topic. And breaking news, uh, according to Bob Nightingale, Cards and Rockies continue working around the clock on finalizing the Arenado trade. So it hasn't even been finalized. It's just been agreed to. Okay. Uh, the complicated deal still has yet to be submitted to the Players Union and MLB for approval. So it will take at least another day, if not longer, to become official. It sounds to me... everyone knows things that are painful are better when they're also slow. So I'm thinking Dick Monfort said, all he heard was... You're going to take Nolan, though, right? You're going to take Nolan? All right, it's done. We, we got a deal. You're like, well, we got to work the details out. But you're going to take him. You are going to take him, right? Yeah, okay, fine. We'll take this future Hall of Famer. You know, I've seen a lot of post-apocalyptic movies and TV shows and, and read plenty of comics in my life, and I never thought the post-apocalypse would look this regular. But that's, just, that's, that's all the, that's, that's the post-apocalyptic thing you just said. That's nuts. Like, this doesn't make any sense. We're living in an alternate reality. Like, how? What? <laughs> They're and still trading? They're I, still I, doing this? It's, it's been a few days. And, like, like this is this uh, is somewhat of a common practice. Like, DJ LeMahieu, you're like, oh, he's going back to the Yankees. And then it's, like, three or four days until it's official because of, you know, various 40-man things. And you go, all right, whatever. It's fine. But in trades, it usually doesn't take this yeah. long. It's, like... A trade happens, and then immediately you go to, you know, roster resource, or you go to look at lineups of the 40-man, and, and like 15 minutes after you hear the trade, you go to look and you go, oh, man, that guy's name is no longer on this list. He's on the other list, so I can't even, like, you know, try to imagine what it looks like. It's just there it is. No. You go and look on the Rockies 40-man, Nolan Arenado is still there. Oh. You go and look at, at the depth chart of the, the lineup next year for the 2021 Colorado Rockets, you go, oh, Arenado's hitting third. Uh, just update it. Let's get it just over with. Change it, uh. man. Just, yeah. So, okay. So I think here, here's what we're going to do. I, I was about to lead into another topic, but I don't want to not give it the time of day. So we'll talk more in depth throughout the week about what happens now, not just with Trevor's story, but I, I was sort of leading on earlier about the pitchers and whether or not, you know, Trading John Gray and Herman Marquez is a good idea at this point. But I, th I think we'll talk more about the pitching and, and, and what to do with this young pitching core and, and what a, a rebuild or a soft rebuild or a rework around them will be. Uh, we can talk more about that in future podcasts. We're going to have uh, Michaela. You know you love Michaela Perkins. She's coming back on the show here soon. We're going to have a couple of different sort of panels of people here at DNVR who can bring uh, a little bit more of their just longtime Rockies fandom uh, perspective to this situation. Uh, on Friday, we're going to have the hockey guys on, AJ and Rudo, both longtime Rockies fans who uh, you may have seen me on the hockey show the other night. Not in that's that is that is by far the drunkest I've ever been in front of like <laughs> people. <laughs> it's like, wow, someone commented on it and I had to go back to watch and it was highly enjoyable. Uh, I'm surprised I made it through. I, I remember the end of the show, not so much the drive home, but you know, 
but uh, the hockey you didn't drive home. Me. You should make that not. clear. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but not to drive home. That's Jesus, right. Drew, you get canceled. <laughs> Drink Breck Brew carefully and take your wonderful, very important, significant other or friend or somebody along with you and make sure that they can take care of you afterwards. Because um, I had a great night with those guys. Uh, needed to get it all out there. The Avs did us a solid by winning, but we'll have them on uh, Friday to talk about some stuff. We have Drew Goodman on this week, so Good he got I would it. imagine he's got some things to say. Indeed, and <laughs> and we'll I'll be very curious. We'll celebrate in a very strange way on the DFA show as well this week. Yeah. And it, you know, we just came off Hall of Fame week where we talked nothing about about the Hall of Fame. Uh, as well, there was still, well, there wasn't really much Rockies news, but we didn't just stick to that topic and we're not just going to stick to the Nolan Arenado trade. There'll be other stuff that, that we'll be able to kind of dip our toes in, but you know, does, does 28, does somebody else start wearing 28? How soon? How many years? Is it already guaranteed a lock that, that. They bring back Daniel Murphy, who immediately started wearing DJ LeMahieu's number. (laughs) That was a thing. Let him play 28. That was a thing. Right. What what does it look like? What kind of a career does it look like in St. Louis if it, if it's official to the point where no one's wearing the Cardinals hat in Cooperstown? There's yeah, that that's conversation. Yeah. That, or no hat. Thing, but, or no hat. No hat. But that's another well, thing no, I do want to talk about no a little bit. Yeah. It's, uh, later this week, I do want to have the conversation about, you know, people talking about how will Nolan Arenado do uh, in St. Louis. Spoilers. Very well. Uh, but we'll we'll talk about those kinds of things. Uh, there was one looking forward question here from Adam. I I did want to get your quick take on Patrick. Shoot, I can't find it, Adam. I saw it earlier though, but it was basically McMahon at third and Fuentes at first, or Fuentes at third and McMahon at first, because both of those guys are very good defensively at both of those positions. Um, so yeah, which which way? I mean, I went straight to I assume McMahon at third, Fuentes at first. But I don't know that that's necessarily a given. Josh Fuentes is a having not played essentially third base for a year and a half is a better third baseman than Ryan McMahon defensively, mm-hmm. undoubtedly. However, if that, if that's I, the case, then they should do it that way because Max. But I don't think so. You don't because if because you can replace Fuentes at first base if his bat doesn't produce. It's a lot hard. It's a lot easier to get a first baseman to go over to first base than it is to get a third baseman. Also, in the system coming up, there are two really good first, first basemen, base. Michael Toglia, and and we'll get to. We'll have a prospect week. You know, we're gonna have some a lot more fun themes. Michael Toglia, I'm I'm getting comps of like JT Snow, and and he could have a, a gold glove in his future hey, I'll uh, take over that. at over at first base, and you don't get that if Ryan McMahon isn't playing third base. He just needs those reps. He, you, you can't wait until there's a first baseman and then move him over to third base. It doesn't happen that way. It goes the other way. He goes, if you can't do third base, you go to first base. So you have to give McMahon the opportunity to play third base, which now has you now have Brendan Rodgers at second base, and then first base, you can fluctuate depending on who else you got, who else you pick up if, if you do go after you know uh, a first base only option. So right. I think while Fuentes is the better defender, at third base. And I think, you know, it might only be because Fuentes is great at first base. You can make the case that if you switch the two Fuentes at first and McMahon at third is only slightly worse defensively than Fuentes at third 
and McMahon at first. That's the thing. I, I, you're going to give McMahon yeah. the opportunity. Yeah. And, and, and I think you're right about all of that. I do think, but McMahon is also a, a very good defender at third base, not quite as good as Fuentes, but he's very good there. And so I think you're, you're right. Kind of lock him in there, let him do the thing. Uh, and then you're right. Rogers over there at second. And then you can let things play out at first, whether it is Fuentes or you do look into signing a guy like Mitch Moreland. There were rumors about that or, CJ Krohn, or I see people in the uh, comments saying it's going to be Ian Desmond at first base, and I don't know about that. It's it's certainly possible. Um, I just doubt every again with everything we've talked to this organization about and seen over these last couple of years that that they're trying to give Ian Desmond a starting role. I think if as long if he's still on the roster, he's going to be a bench guy. I think almost certainly, but. It's not out of the, the equation, but yeah, I do think if you're you're kind of dreaming on, hey, could it be neat? Which way do those young guys go? I think you're right. McMahon at third, Fuentes at first, even though, it, yeah, even though the ultimately best defensive setup might be the other way, I think you're right. So, yeah, good call. And, and you know, Fuentes, he doesn't have as, I don't think he has as good of an arm as Arenado. I think it's, I've heard a few people say it's it's a couple ticks you know lower than Arenado's, but I don't think there's that much of a difference. And man, I would just love to see those guys when they play against each other. Arenado v Fuentes at third base. Who's going right. to make the better plays? And having that fun conversation of not just you know, hey, the Rockies' new third baseman could you know could he win a Gold Glove against Arenado? Well, probably not. But let's kind of speculate as to how their third baseman is better. What if that guy was his cousin? Like we're, we're living yeah, in that world right, right now. So there's still a lot of fun things to, to talk about and, and think about, even if there's our, if there are a lot of L's this right. year and, and, and going forward, it, it's baseball. We love it. I, I right. said earlier today, some of my best memories is going to baseball games when the team I was watching and rooting for sucked or when the, the ballpark was empty. Cause I love baseball. It's easy to root for a team when they're winning. And they're doing great, and everyone's playing fantastic. And it's easy to look at, at some of those positive things when it's when it's positive, but it's it's when it, you got those diehards. Everyone in here right now watching or listening to our podcast, you guys are the diehards, diehards. and you will actually find that you're going to enjoy this time a lot more than you think. So don't necessarily go away entirely. If you need to take a break, you take a break. Or if you need to take breaks within the season, take those breaks. But you're going to find out that there's going to be a lot more to be excited about, especially with us, because we like to have fun. We like to get creative. We like to get a little wacky in here. And so we're going to we're going to bring you that entertainment, no doubt. It's about to get real wacky, <clears throat> real, real wacky up in here. So come hang out with us. Uh, believe it or not, it is going to be fun. It's still going to suck, but it's going to be fun. We're going to do a lot of uh, weird and interesting things. So uh, we'll be ready to unveil more and more of that as we get going here. But just... Keep chilling with us. We really do appreciate each and every single one of you for hanging out with us, following us on social media, at Drew Creaseman, at Patrick D. Lyons, at DNVR underscore Rockies. Of course, we really appreciate those of you that subscribe to the DNVR.com, reading all that written material, hanging out chats so that you can talk about movies and TV, and yes, keep commiserating about the Rockies 24-7. It's the show that never stops in there, so if you just can't get enough or if you're thinking you may not be into this Rockies thing so much anymore but you want to give your love to some of these other Denver sports teams that's a way to get to meet some of the people in those beats and 
communities. The Nuggets and Avs got some great things going on right now. Uh, our, our teams that cover those beats are the best. So go hang out with those folks, and I promise you they will welcome you with open arms. They welcomed me with almost two open arms. They've almost been too nice. I'm starting to wonder if it's a trick and they're all about to punk me. Uh, <laughs> Ashton they, they welcomed you with open beer cans and <laughs> shots of, I don't know, licorice. I don't either. Yeah. I don't know sure what that it was. was. Mouthwash. <laughs> I heard mouthwash getting thrown around a bunch. It tasted intense. Though I will say the Swedish fish in the shot, oh, I'm doing that from now on. That's it, I could, I felt, I feel like I could shoot. Actually, that's maybe not a good. Like, I could shoot anything with the Swedish fish in there. Not a good thing, maybe. <laughs> so, that's the kind of fun we're gonna be having. I'll have to start doing Swedish fish shots on this show just to keep everything <laughs> light for everybody. Uh, I'll keep reading long tweets or send us stuff in whatever we're gonna do because we're gonna be having fun, like Patrick said, one way or another. So, thank you, thank you, thank you all. Continue to be absolutely awesome out there. I promise you. We will continue to be absolutely Patrick Lyons and Drew Kreisman. And until next time, we will see you at the ballpark.